from Panthers training camp at Wofford College in Spartanburg. It's CSL, Charlotte Sports Live. Well, we got a day off for the black and blue, but the work resumes tomorrow for the Panthers as we resume work tonight in Spartanburg. The pads go on for the first time as the team prepares for Fan Fest back at the bank. That is going to be on Wednesday. But happy Sunday, everybody. Hope you all had a fun weekend. Maybe you guys got to experience the Panthers practice behind us on Saturday. That was a blast. A lot of fans here. Will Uncle Carla Gephardt. Did you have fun on Saturday? Yeah, it was fun. And there were a lot of fans, I felt like. Uh, many more than in years past, it seems. Yeah, there's about, I think the tickets distributed, not necessarily attendance, was about 5,000 more than last year. So. Yeah. Trending in the right direction. Yeah, that's what you want to see, especially as the Panthers go into week two at training camp. That's what we'll get to here in just a minute. But we've also got a big Cup Series race at Richmond. We'll tell you who won there. And we'll look back at all the big interviews from back together Saturday, yesterday. I don't, it doesn't feel like Sunday to me. You said yesterday, the other day, and I was just like, wait, or the other day, the other. I said it uh, I don't tonight. even know what day it is at this point. Once camp starts, yeah. it's just full speed ahead, head down. We're here, know. though. We yeah. are here. That is the biggest thing. And uh, the Panthers, they do have about eight more practices, I think. Yeah, they I had think a that's couple under their belt. But, yeah, eight more practices here in Spartanburg for Carolina. Week two of camp starts tomorrow morning. The Panthers practice again on Tuesday before returning to Charlotte for Fan Fest at Bank of America Stadium. That's followed by four more solo practices at Wofford College before the Jets visit. They visit on August 9th and 10th. Frank Wright told me after practice yesterday what he's looking for moving forward with his team. What's the one thing that you're really focusing on with the players starting next week? Well, you know, we basically just said, hey, we had that first block and, and it was good. You know, we, we, we got done what we needed to get done. But at the same time, there were too many mistakes that were made. You know, those kind of, and there's mistakes that were made that would cost you games. So, but the effort, the focus, the intensity is good. So let's clean up those mistakes mentally. Let's get that wire down, keep the effort and intensity high. And I think we'll be on the right track. So here's one more look at the training camp schedule. Three practices are in the book. You could probably pick out which ones <laughs> those are on there. We've already learned so much about the team. Just one week here in Spartanburg, but I think it's fair to say also that the shine is officially worn off for the players and coaches. Yeah. The pleasantries are over. We expect the intensity to really ratchet up starting tomorrow. That's what happens when you put on the pads. And this is when the defense, they still can't, they're not going to hit anybody. You can't, you're not right. going to want to take anybody to the ground. But this is at least where the defense can start flying around a little bit more. Because in week one, it's just catered to the offense. Shorts, no pads. <laughs> you know, the defense really pulls up even more so than they will. You know, they'll do what's called thud, where you can kind of just wrap up and, right. and keep them upright. Because mm -hmm. don't go to the ground. But next week and tomorrow should be fun. Yeah, it is tomorrow, by the way. Right? Is that, <laughs> but I get it right? again, yes. I mean, pads go on for the first time. And I think this is, I know you mentioned the defense there, but it is going to be good to see the offense out there. And you're going to be able to tell a little bit more, right? The mm -hmm. intensity level picks up. And the coaches, that's kind of what Coach Reich said yesterday, is that he's going to be able to really evaluate these players. And this is kind of when you start thinking about your roster, strengths and weaknesses of that roster, and who's maybe looking to make the roster. Plays need to be made starting on Monday, especially a lot of guys that aren't going to make this roster. they got to be noticed somehow, some way for maybe another team. But let's talk about those fans. I mentioned them earlier in the show that the fans show up here was fantastic. We talked about it all week. It's that vibe around the team. And the fans playing 
a crucial role, and we asked them about it. There's hope for the first time in a long time. And I, I talked talk about this with Scott Fitter as well on, on the show on Saturday, yet, that being yesterday. It's, it's real hope. It's not manufactured. Queen City News reporter Sydney, Sydney Heiberger was at Wofford College here yesterday taking the temperature of those fans. Fans, young and old, piled into Gibbs Stadium at Wofford College for a first-hand look at a fresh Panthers team. I'm, I'm really excited about this season. I'm excited about our new coach, new quarterback. Change is good. I really do feel that we're going to improve a lot. Doors opened for fans at 930, but some diehards started lining up by 6. We got up at 430, uh, two and a half hour drive. Come every every year to training camp. Uh, we came first day Wednesday and we got, you know, signatures, autographs and all that. We love it. More than 15,000 tickets were distributed for this year's Back Together Saturday. That's up 5,000 from the year before. And if you ask fans what all the hype is about, they'll give you two words, Bryce Young. So I was like, you know what, let me put this poster together for Bryce and hopefully he sees it. You know, you got to draw attention, right? Like you got to you got to go big or go home. Fans braving humid 90 degree temperatures to see a new team, new coaches, but bringing the same electricity and optimism for a winning season. Definitely going to be making the playoffs. Our division's a little soft this year, so I think it'll help us out, but uh, we'll see how far in the playoffs we get. In Spartanburg, Sydney Heiberger, Queen City News. All right, let's get to some NASCAR now. The NASCAR Cup Series making its way to Richmond Raceway for the Cookout 400. There's the awesome flyover, lap 80. We see Bubba Wallace. He actually had a pretty good race today. He gets around Tyler Reddick on the outside to take the lead for the first lead change of the race, but got to move ahead because he wouldn't stay in the lead. Lap 183, it's Brad Keselowski. Going to make the move just outside of Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr. having a great year, but RFK Racing going to try to make some noise in this one, and that's really good for this team. The RFK Racing and Brad Kozlowski going to win stage one, Will. They've had a tough go at it, unfortunately, this season, and Brad put so much into that team, and I think his teammate, I think, had a, had a pretty solid day, too, I think it's yeah, fair to say. Yeah, that's right. Chris Buescher goes into the lead, but then this spin out by Daniel Suarez, that's going to bring out that late caution that fans love, but Chris Buescher's going to hate it because that's going to create a, a lot of nervousness for him, <laughs> but he is able to hold on to the lead here, and 17 of RFK Racing going to get his first win of the season, his third career win in the Cup Series, and it's a pretty exciting time for him. Just trying to take care of it there. And uh, about the time Scott Kerry Ray said, that's working perfect. Keep, keep it up. Caution. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's about right. But I knew uh, even on our green flag stuff, we were so strong during the race. So I had a good feeling about it there. So pretty awesome to pull it off. Uh, proud of everybody because that was, that was a long way from the back this morning. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> heck of a race for us. A good guy, you can tell, right? Busher and the 17 got the win, and but after that, a pretty star-studded group in two, three, and four. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Joey Logano in that or order. Ryan Priest making his way to the top five in Richmond, which is pretty good finish for him. Talking about stars and studs, the first overall pick, the shot caller, QB1, Bryce Young. The Panthers rookie has been called many different things, and yesterday. He was called up to the CSL set to talk to Taylor Zarzauer and Steve Smith Sr. 
that conversation coming up next. Grace, what's up? What's going on, guys? I can't wait to be out there with you guys. Ooh, big shot of me. All right, back here in Charlotte, the crown continued in Leagues Cup play, and they had the bank rocking last night. I will tell you why coming up next. Let's head out to A-Town. The Braves going for the series sweep against the Brewers. Bottom of the first, Austin Riley right on cue. Two-run shot puts the Braves on top. Brewers add two in the top of the third, but Matt Olson does them one better in the bottom. The new league leader in RBIs puts up a three-shot, and Atlanta takes back the lead. All right, how about Marcel Ozuna having a great weekend? He carried it into Sunday, and this ball... It would carry all the way out. Marcelo Zuna ties this game up at six in the six. He's homered in every game this weekend. Braves lineup sure loves that. Speaking of uh, home runs, Matt Olson leads the NL with 34 of them, and that would be number 35. Braves win it 8-6 and sweep the Brewers. All right, Charlotte FC was home at the bank last night, taking on their first-ever Mexican League opponent in Necaxa. A win or a draw would send the crown through to the round of 32, but a loss would end the crown's League Cup run. And it was an incredible start for the crown. We're just six minutes in, and Carol Swiderski sets this up for Charlotte's own Brant Bronico. And just the set, that just set the bank on fire. Bronico not known for scoring many goals. In fact, that was his first goal since May 20th. The crown would get three more goals last night from Carol Soderski, Scott Arfield, and Patrick, and Patrick, I, I am a, geez, I always mess up his, his last name. All right, they defeat Nicoxa four to one and advance to the league's cup round of 32. Here's Christian Matanzio. Pleased me the most in that I saw, and this is the first time I see this in this club, in, and, and since I am a coach. I've seen players that they really enjoy to play together. And it was really enjoyable to see them looking for them, for each other, play one or two touches, making runs, making movements. And this is the first time I've seen that really uh, since I took over. And that, uh, for me, is a good sign that we need to build from. All right, guys, so two wins in a row now for the Crown. They haven't been able to string two wins together <laughs> since mid-May. Charlotte will now face Cruz Azul in the round of 32. That match will be this Thursday in Frisco, Texas. But we're going to send it back down to you guys in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Appreciate it, Grace. It's going to be hot down there in Texas. Yeah. It, I've been to Frisco a couple of times. It's a fun town. Yeah. And the SU shout out. Yeah. You want to let the people know? Uh, national championship for FCS. Always played there. So, yeah. And DSU. All right. Let's get into this Bryce <laughs> Young deal because every single fan that came out here, the fandom, I don't think we've seen something like this since Cam Newton because it wasn't, yeah. and I don't mean this as a slight, but it wasn't like that for Baker or Sam Darnold. The fandom for Bryce was awesome. He showed flashes of brilliance, but did make rookie mistakes here and there. But before practice began Saturday, QB1 joined Taylor Zarzauer and Steve Smith Sr. on the CSL set. Here's their conversation. Welcome back to football in Spartanburg. You know this guy, Agent 89, Steve Smith. I'm Taylor Zarzer, and you know that guy too. The first pick in the draft, Bryce Young, the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Bryce, it's your first week in professional football at training camp. How has it gone, my friend? Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, this is a great experience to be out here. Um, you know, just an opportunity to, you know, to get away from everything and focus on ball, come together with, with the guys. Um, you know, we're, we're all on the same place, on the same campus. Um, you know, so being able to just, you know, we're eating, we're, we're going to, to team meetings. Um, you know, it's a lot of ball, but also just a lot of, a lot of bonding us coming together. So it's been great. You had the opportunity 
to be here in Spartanburg. However, you had the chance in Los Angeles with Jonathan Mingo and possibly some of the other wide receivers in offseason to build up that chemistry. What was that like for you, and why did you think that was so important to, to get a head start? Yeah, um, you know, it was great, and it was really a sentiment that we all shared, um, you know, as a unit. You know, we just wanted to do everything we can to come back sharp, um, you know, you get a couple of weeks off and, you know, obviously, you know, you take a little time and, you know, you're still working out the whole time. But, you know, you need a little time away from the everyday routine of, of you know, now camp and then being with the team. But um, we didn't want to just, you know, let everything dissipate. And, you know, we had built a lot throughout, you know, OTAs and, you know, mandatory minicamp. And we didn't want to lose that. We wanted to make sure we kept stacking, kept building. And, you know, it was a little time apart, but we want to make sure that we were all able to come together, um, you know, stay on the same page, go over some stuff on our own, um, you know, just so we're, we're taking that ownership and then, you know, take that momentum and bring it to you. Many would argue that the highest profile position in all of college football is being the quarterback at Alabama. What is the transition like coming from that to being the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, um, you know, for me, uh, really, I just try to focus on what I can control, um, you know, being where my feet are and, you know, listening to the people around me, my coaches, uh, you know, my, my fellow teammates and, you know, doing whatever it is to help the team, um, you know, whatever um, you know, external factors there are, you know, whatever the position is, you know, I, I understand it. I don't run away from it. I embrace it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, that's stuff that's out of my control. Um, you know, the circumstances, what, you know, whatever comes with it, um, you know, I'm grateful for what it is, for embrace for what it is. But again, I, I put my focus on what I can't control, and that's taking the day-by-day -day, uh, approach, um, you know, day in and day out. You know, we talked about it, um, you know, starting 0-0 and, and then, you know, trying to be 1-0 at the end of each day. Um, and, you know, really that's where all my energy goes towards. You have the ability to play starting quarterback for the uh, Alabama Tide, Crimson Tide, and then now you're the first overall pick for the Carolina Panthers. And everybody wants to know about football, football. What do you do just to calm the storm, to enjoy the journey that you're on right now after doing nine million things leading up to today? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you get, you know, you know, you get so engulfed in, in camp life and day to day in the football part, like you said. Uh, and, you know, I, I honestly I need to do a better job sometimes. Like I'm, I'm still a work in progress, but I try my best to take a step back and, and just have some perspective. Um, I'm, I'm extremely blessed to be where I'm at. Um, you know, there, there's things that have gone on. Just the position I'm in right now, um, you know, it's, it's a gift from God. And, you know, when you're, you're, you're stuck in it and, you know, you're on the day-to-day -day grind, uh, you know, that, you know it, it's great and it gets you better, but sometimes you lose sight of that. So, um, you know, I, I talk to my family a lot, um, you know, try to pray a lot about it and just to, to have perspective and to make sure that I take things just as seriously, put the same amount of dedication and effort into football, into the day-to-day -day process, but at the same time be grateful uh, for what I have. And, you know, that, that's a day-to-day -day thing. I'm, I'm still trying to improve in that, and, you know, it's not always the easiest. Um, but, you know, also on top of that, I'm, I'm, I love what I do. And, you know, it doesn't feel like I'm, I'm here at work or doing this grueling, you know, this, this grueling job that I hate every morning. Um, you know, it's exciting. It's fun. Uh, so, you know, I think it's a combination of those things. Before we let you go, what's the most important thing to you before real football begins in September? Yeah, you know, I think it's just, just consistency, um, you know, for myself, consistency from the unit and from the team. Um, you know, we've talked about it. Um, you know, again, a, a big thing for us is, is just, you know, starting every day, oh, no, um, hitting the refresh, good or bad, um, and trying to be one and the next day. So, um, you know, I think it's just being, being consistent on that. You know, we're going to have good days, we're going to have bad days, and that, that talks for individuals, that talks as a unit as, and as a team. And, you know, trying to be consistent in putting that, that aside, whether it's a good or bad, learning from it, moving on. 
um, and then continuing to grow and, and trying to have that continued growth. Um, you know, it's, it's never straight. There's going to be ups and downs, but just making sure we're consistent and trending in the right direction. If I ever grow up, Steve, I hope I'm as level-headed as this guy is. I, and when I grow up, I'm gonna, I want to be a wide receiver that can catch a pass. <laughs> I know you do. 89 wants to catch some passes from Bryce Young. You may see him out there doing that at some point in the next couple of weeks. Bryce, continued success. It's going to be fun to watch you, my friend. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Uh, David and Nicole Tepper have been with Frank Reich and his staff through all the changes of the offseason and on back together Saturday. They joined the set as well. That interview next. All right, so on paper, the Panthers have made a lot of great moves this offseason, but Vegas still doesn't give Carolina much of a shot to win the Super Bowl. They're plus 7,000 according to DraftKings. Now, owners of the team, David and Nicole Tepper, would love to see the Lombardi Trophy at 800 South Mint Street, as would we all. They stopped by our Back Together Saturday broadcast yesterday to talk about the state of the franchise. I know two people that might be as excited as Steve Smith about the Panthers, and we have Dave and Nicole Tepper, a very tall Nicole Tepper, I might add. No, she's taller than Steve. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I noticed. There's a lot of people that are taller than I know that, that's for sure. Wow. You guys have to be so excited about all of the buzz that's around the Panthers going into the season. Yeah. Yeah, very excited. <laughs> sure. Nervous, excited, good nervous, like that adrenaline. You know, before you play a game, you get that adrenaline, yes. nervous excitement. That's what I have. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're excited, but we we got to see. We'll see when we get in pads. We'll see when we get in game, and, you know, we got to show the world. One of the things that I, I, I think Panthers fans do not know, throughout this whole process, acquiring Bryce, looking at every single quarterback, that you two, Nicole and Dave Tepper, were at majority of all the quarterback throwing days and were had your notepads and were just – Locked in. It was really remarkable to see Nicole analyze what was going on, and then she was giving you notes to, for you to figure so it out. She absolutely gave me every note, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I obviously would have been lost without it. I mean, like you, I, I'm not that intelligent at football, and we look for women to do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, sure. What do you think of Frank Reich and his coaching staff so far? Leadership. That's all I see is leadership across the board. I think it's so impressive in every position for every player, there's leadership. And I think when you have leadership like this staff, everything else just kind of follows and falls into place. And it's for me, it's absolutely refreshing to see. I'm happy for the staff and I'm really happy for the players, especially the rookies coming into this season, um, being able to have the leadership and even the veterans that you know, really didn't experience this type of staff in the past, and they have it now. And for me, as just maybe mama bear, just to be able to see them learn and grow and have this is just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we have a top-notch staff this year, and I think you see it, um, and you guys have been around the training camp for a while, you see it in the conditioning of the players, how they come into camp. And I was, uh, you know, just noticing, you know, this morning, just the offensive linemen. I mean, they're lean, they're fit. Not that they're not always fit to a certain extent, but just the look of the players. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's in shape. Everybody's ready to go. So I think that's t a testi testimon testimony to the, uh, the staff that everybody wants to get, you know, just get rolling. What I really love is you talk about, you know, Miss Tepper, you talk about being Mama Bear. You 
and Dave are very concerned about detail in a good way. And I love how you guys take ownership in looking at every detail, looking at under every single rock. And I, I don't believe that all the fans always understand and see that because they don't see you or hear you, but you guys are always managing to make sure not just leadership and coaching staff, but also the players and listening to them that as a former player, I don't believe that has always been the case throughout the league and things are shaping and forming. You guys are, I believe, spearheading that open line of communication that I believe in, in every workplace is needed. Why is that? Why has that been so important? Listen, I think there's no doubt we care. We care about things. On the other hand, um, we're not that much in the detail in the weeds, not to let you know, coaches coach and uh, GM do his job. So there's places to go in and places to not go in. And listen, um, you know, Nicole has, uh, you know, a, a natural sense of certain things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I have uh, some idea about how to value things in, you know, certain situations when we get into, you know, certain trades or certain things like that. I mean, listen, you have to, you know, trust your people, though. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Even if you try to understand things, you just don't want to be too, you know, too involved, if you will, too overwhelming. So I also think to bounce off that, I think people in the league before us were, I don't know if the word afraid was the right word or just didn't want to take that next step into getting into the locker room and really, you know, getting to know the players because maybe that player wouldn't be with the Panthers or maybe that player would go to the Jets. But for me, for us, um, once a Panther, always a Panther, and it's a family. And... You know, I take this role of making sure that not just for winning football games or, you know, being a football player, that you're also a person, mm -hmm. a human, and that there's other things beside this, and that's really important. And I think when you pay attention to that detail, it actually will help the player perform. That's it. That is well said, and I know that you're excited about once a Panther, always a Panther with uh, your old friends, Moose and Muhammad and, and Julius Peppers going into uh, the, the uh, on October the 29th, they'll go into the Hall of Honor. Before we let you go, I have to ask you guys, Nicole, what you did two days ago and what you pledged to the Umbrella Center, because I know your role in the community is something that is incredibly important to you. Tell us what you did with the Umbrella Center. So what well, we did um, as a family, we... Um pledged $2 million to the Umbrella Center. Um, it's one of the most important things. I think even if we have not had a direct impact with domestic violence or anything like that, you always know somebody who, who has been involved in it. And so to be able to help the community, the um, CMPD, and everybody involved to make the process of getting somebody a safe place to be is important and regardless if you have any direct ties to that cause just helping it is really really important yeah no, i'll just say this um besides as steve knows uh, besides the umbrella uh, society we're involved in a um and a lot of uh, different charities including involved, his foundation including his foundation uh -huh. including the library that we uh help we made a pretty you know decent sized no donation to um, you know, we're, uh, I think people in <laughs> Charlotte don't appreciate how much we're involved in, uh, in contributing into the community in general, but it's uh, just a lot of different uh, causes. All right, well, we thank the Teppers for joining our coverage yesterday, and there's one guy that they hope will be wearing the black and blue for some years to come. That would be Brian Burns. He's going through a contract negotiation right now with the Panthers, yet he decided to report to camp. We will hear from him 
coming up next here on Charlotte Sports Live. The Panthers' defense goes as this guy goes. Brian Burns, 12 and a half sacks. That's a career high for him, along with 59 tackles for the new Agent Zero. Of course, all of those stats last year. He's going to be looking for some new stats this year. And we thought maybe he would have a contract negotiation already signed, but that is not the case. No, I think he's in an interesting spot where if he plays the season without signing a new one and he has a big year, he's going to get off more money than we, what he could get right now because those 12 and a half sacks are nice, but it's not T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa right. type of money, and he has that potential. And I think him being here at camp is so important. I talked to him after practice yesterday, and he said, do you think it's that big of a deal? I said, dude, if it's not, we're asking every single player about you, where you are, then they get annoyed. I'm like, hey, it's not my fault. Tell him to get here if you don't want to talk about it. And he was right. like, you know, it's a good point you bring that up, and I just like being here because I'm with my guys. Right. And it's less about you. It's all about the team. He also came up here and talked to our team, Smitty and Taylor, yesterday as well. Agent 89, Agent Zero, Mr. Burns, Brian Burns, how we doing? Doing good, how are you? I'm great. Tell us about this new coaching staff that you've introduced yourself to in the last few months. Yeah, they've been great. Um, like I said, they, they, they have a lot of experience, and um, they've really been showing us the ropes and, and really explaining their concept and schemes very well. You've had the opportunity now to play in two different defenses. Mm -hmm. what, what has been the transition like for you mentally when you compare the two different defense, one's a hybrid. It was a hybrid 3-4. Now you're in a traditional full-time 3-4. Uh, it's a little different. Um, I mean, this defense is very versatile, so it's a lot of ways where I can be in a lot of different situations. Mm. So I, have to, I have to really focus on compartmentalizing like everything that I have to do. So on certain situations, I have to really become a dropper. And on certain situations, I have to really hone in on my rush skills. So it's a... It's a bit of a balance, but um, it's pretty natural for me. You've been one of the best in the league getting to the quarterback, but you know more than one person is going to be paying attention to you, which means some other people next to you need to step up their game. What have you noticed from the guys near you on the line so far in the last few weeks? Um, they've been very attentive um, as far as, like, anything I tell them or anything coaches tell them, they're really honed in on it, and they're really trying to, you know what I'm saying, boost their skill set and their IQ. And I think that's the main part and the main thing that's going to really take their game to another level is understanding how to get to the quarterback, not just being able to do it. But you have to understand that it's a game it's inside a game. The contract situation for you, you don't have a long-term contract. Mm -hmm. However, the way you've approached this with the business mentality of, I know what my, the market is, I know how valuable I am to my team. However, showing up, participating in meetings, being present is something that we don't see out of a lot of players and the and what you're doing is remarkable tell it take us through why you believe that was important to show your face and be present and to participate um despite all other factors that have nothing to do with you it's just management and organization mm -hmm. discussing it and working it out and eventually coming to a conclusion that we all know will will make you a long-term panther uh, it's kind of like what you just said, um, you know, understanding the business side and and, um, and really separating, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So, obviously, I have negotiations and discussions that's yeah. outside of the building or, or whatever, but 
I know that I owe my team and I owe my guys to be here. Like, I have to be a leader, and I feel like it would be a huge dis distraction if I wasn't here. And I feel like that might be a setback for the season, so I just can't let it happen. Like, I'll be here regardless. Mm. So, uh, like I said, it never crossed my mind, like, to sit out. Whereas, well, that's good. You got to respect Burns for having that mindset. Meanwhile, the guy trying to sign him to a new deal has been wheeling and dealing all offseason. Panthers general manager Scott Fitter on CSL next. Gibbs Stadium quiet today, but the Panthers will get back at it tomorrow. And we're starting to see how all the new pieces are coming together this offseason. From Scott Fitter, the man behind all those moves. Join Gabe McDonald, Al Wallace, and me on set. Yeah. Alongside Gabe and Al Wallace, a 10-year vet, here he is. Mr. Wonderful, according to Carl. Yeah. Scott Fitter, team's general manager. A ton of changes this year. Let's jump right into this. Federal law says I have to ask about Bryce Young. Sure. What have you seen from him in the first couple of days that says we did it and we got it right? You know what? He's just been so poised, so accurate in his passes. The You see the processing that we've talked about leading up to the draft. We see it out here. And, you know, sometimes... NFL defenses can be a little bit more complex. He seems to be, you know, adjusting well, and uh, coaches just can't say enough about him. And a lot of guys have come in and really just been able to grasp, you know, the culture here. Just what does that speak to what Coach Reich has built so early on in his tenure? Because a lot of these guys are, they say there's a different vibe around camp right now. It is, and it starts with Coach Reich and the staff that he put together and their expectations, and he's been very clear about that. Um, you know, our leadership on our team has been great. You know, Shaq, Brian Burns, uh, the whole crew in general, they're holding that locker room accountable. So not, it's not just the players, but it's also, you know, the leaders. And then the guys that we're bringing in, we're bringing in good people, you know, team-oriented people. And uh, I think we have something special going. Well, Scott, I've been a pretty good manager on Madden, general manager. <laughs> uh, how does it feel when you come out here, you've drafted these guys, you've scouted them for so long, and you see them finally put on the Panthers' colors and go out and start to come together? You know, th there's a lot of hope right now. We, we'll see the guys out here. We're excited about what we've seen so far, but they need to keep developing, and uh, we need to do it on game day. But what I've seen so far from this group is it has been good. The running back position, we haven't touched on that yet. You bring in Miles Sanders, he's got all the attention. Al and I were sitting here talking. Chuba Hubbard, listen, <laughs> he's listed at 6'1", 210. I don't know what you boys fed him in the offseason. There's no way he's 210 anymore. He's like 240. Yeah, no, he's, he put on a lot of weight. Yeah. Chuba is one of the hardest workers on the team. If you go by the office, you know, you could drop in, you know, after dinner and it's 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. Chuba's in there lifting. He's in there studying, taking care of his body. And he's, he's over 210. He's, yeah. I know he's well over 210 <laughs> He's going right to run in between those tackles. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's, not, he's not like, when you see his body, he's put together. He's yes. strapped. Yeah. And uh, so you put him. Miles, and then Raheem Blackshirt had a really nice camp. He's got great hands, great quickness, great vision. We like our group back there in the backfield. You might want to get a little wing T action going on. Of course, we've <laughs> got to talk about another playmaker on the offensive side of the ball, with DJ Chark already building some great chemistry with Bryce. What do you think he can bring to this team, especially coming off some injury-riddled seasons the past couple years? Right, so what we've seen so far is yep. a, a tall guy, but yep. you can see the long speed. This guy can take off, stretch the field vertically. It allows Adam to work underneath, LaVisca to work underneath. He's got big you know, time playmaking ability to him and uh, you know he's made play after play in camp so we're, we're excited about that again it needs to carry over he needs to be consistent stay healthy during the season but so far so good
All right, they forced me to talk about offense, but I'm going <laughs> to shift gears to defense because that's what I do. So let's talk my position, right. edge rusher. Of course, Brian Burns has been absolutely phenomenal. What does that competition opposite of Brian Burns look like so far in camp? Yeah, so right now, opposite Brian, you have Marquise Haynes and then, you know, you know, uh, Barno who's coming along. Um, and we're always looking to add, too. So we're going to keep our eye on the outside market, see what's there. Uh, but, you know, anyone opposite, you know, Brian is going to benefit because of what he brings to the defense, the threat that he brings. You have to know where Brian's at. I don't want to pay you too much of a compliment, but the culture that you have built here from the top down, I think, speaks for itself. You had a guy like Shaq willing to lose money to come right. back. You have a guy like Brian Burns to going through negotiations, could have sat out camp to go through that, but he wants to be here with his guys because right. of the culture. What is what have you done and how, like, how do you build that? Uh, yeah, I think it really starts at the top with the Teppers, you know, what they've demanded from this and what their expectations are. And then from there, it comes down. It comes down through Coach Reich, myself, Dan Morgan, our entire personnel staff and through the players. And I think, you know, right now it takes a lot to get everybody on the same page. But right now it, it, it's kind of cooking and we're going in the right direction. And it's really exciting to see this because it, it feels Right. You know, I've been around successful teams. Dan's been around successful teams. Frank's been around successful teams. And this feels right. And then when you look at also last year, we saw Frankie Louvu, kind of the unsung hero, maybe yeah. a guy that was maybe underrated. Who do you see being that guy for this defense this year? Boy, you know, it's always going to be Frankie uh, and Burns. Derek Brown has such an impact up front. You know, we need, we need Derek to play like Derek and play 17 games out of the year because when he is on, he can dominate the game. So, I think uh, having those guys and then Von Bell and Xavier mm, Woods on the right. back end and their ability to communicate with the corners. You know, JC's got to stay healthy. Dante's got to stay healthy. But when they're playing, it's one of the best combos in the backfield, but they got to stay on the field. And then out of the young guys, DJ Johnson, obviously Jamie Robinson on the back yeah. end, the cornerback still, you know, getting healthy. What do you see from the young guys so far? It is tough coming into a training camp as a rookie. Right. Jamie Robinson's made a lot of plays, you know, for a fifth round pick. We we're, you know, a little bit surprised he was there in the fifth round. He's not the biggest guy, but he is feisty. He's been making plays. He sees the ball. He jumps routes. He's quick, but he's not over aggressive. He knows how to play with discipline. And so he's doing a hell of a job back there. Well, DJ Shark is one of the many new faces in the Panthers locker room this offseason, but he's already making his mark on the field. We're going to go one-on-one -on -one with him next. Well, there's been a lot of turnover in the Panthers wide receiver room this offseason, but there's one guy that is already making a name for himself here at camp. Gay McDonald went one-on-one -on -one with DJ Chark. Well, let's get one of the newest Panthers in the building. We got new wide receiver DJ Chark coming over from Detroit. First off, got to ask you, you're from Louisiana. I know you're used to this heat. How you been adjusting to it so far out here in Spartanburg? It's been smooth so far. Uh, a lot of drinking water beforehand. Trying to make sure I don't cramp, all those things. So it's a lot to take place before I step on the field. But once I'm on the field, it's been it's been a smooth first two days. Hey, just take me through these past few months. I mean, the transition, you've dealt with some injuries the past couple of years. Just take me through that process and bouncing back from those injuries and getting here to Carolina and just how you've been enjoying things so far. Um, you know, had the injury in Jacksonville and then had surgery for it. Uh, in Detroit, I had a complication with the surgery that I wasn't aware of, so I had to sit out some time. And you know, I fought through that throughout the end of the season. Corrected it in January. Uh, been working, you know, with my surgeon and with uh, the guys here in Carolina to get better. And I'm, every day, I'm taking a step to, you know, improving, feeling better. But you know, 
uh, I feel like God, you know, give his hardest test to his toughest soldiers, you know. So uh, every time I get on the field, it teaches me to, you know, show gratitude and just be happy to be here and give it all I have. So that's kind of what my mindset I've been in. Uh, I've been here. I've been enjoying the, uh, the people. It's a great building. I knew a lot of people before I came here and met some even more great people since I've been here. So it's been a good vibe. And obviously being able to catch passes from the number one overall pick. So far, what have you seen from Bryce and how he's been adjusting to the NFL game? Oh, he's been doing great. Uh, he's a great teammate, first and foremost, great friend. Um, you know, wise beyond his years, and he, he carries himself with that composure on the field, and it makes it easier uh, to play for a guy like that. And so it's been, you know, we've been enjoying it, and we know that it's his first his first time in the league, so he's going to have his bumps and bruises, but so so are we. And then you guys, obviously, a very deep and talented room. You got Adam, obviously, Jonathan Mingo, the rookie from Ole Miss. Obviously, a guy like Terrace Marshall, a fellow 318 product as well. And, I mean, just so many other guys. How do you, How is that healthy competition going for y'all, and how do y'all really feed off each other? Because we all know the iron sharp is iron. Oh, it's great. You know, just being out there, you know, at this point in my career, it's good to be able to compete with these guys. Uh, Everybody does something a little different, you know, but everybody, you know, they, you're really good at this or you're really good at that, and I can take something from everybody's game. And, you know, it's, it's healthy competition, like you said. It's not any jealousy or anything in the room. So that's been great for us. For you personally, your skill set, what do you feel like you can bring to this Panther team in 2023 as this team really looks to take the next step? Uh, you know, just uh, consistency to be out here, be the guy that I say I am big plays. That's what I like to do. That's what happens when I'm on the field. Hey, Will and Carla, you guys still awake out there? Uh, <laughs> Barely. Yes. Yeah. All right, I'm going to ask you guys six <laughs> questions in two minutes. Will, we are going to start with you. Who was the most impressive player at camp last week? I know it's a cop-out and it's only week one, but I'm going Bryce Young because this dude came in and he owned the offense like we have not seen a quarterback do since Cam Newton was here. So I'm giving it to Bryce Young. All right, well, speaking of, Carla, what is something that you learned about Bryce Young that you didn't know before camp started? Uh, that he drove for DoorDash his freshman year at Bama. That's something that DJ Chart told us last <laughs> week. I thought that was interesting. He also gives himself uh, pretty decent fist bumps because he got left uh, left hanging yesterday with a little kid, and I thought that was a pretty uh, cute moment for, for that little kid <laughs> and the Panthers social media team. DJ Chark spilling all the secrets, too. All right, Will, what are the odds that P.J. Washington or Kelly Oubre Jr. return to the Hornets? I'd probably say... 30% for Kelly and 45% for PJ to come back. Maybe 50% for PJ. All right, Carla, Braves have won three in a row after losing seven of their previous ten. Were you ever really worried about them, though? I don't think so. I mean, I think teams certainly go through lulls in the season, and they didn't have that in the first half of the season. I am very thankful, though, they're back on another winning streak, hoping they can keep that alive a little longer. Yeah, especially if Marcelo Zuna and Eddie Rosario get going, too. That lineup's dangerous. All right, Will, what's the best thing you've eaten in Spartanburg so far? Okay, so I've been doing the, the challenge. It's like a <laughs> diet challenge. It's called E2M. And so to Jeff oh, here we go. Spoon that does this. Yeah, so... Grilled chicken out of a bag is pretty much what I've been eating. Although I did go to a place called The Flock Shop, a chicken, fried chicken spot. I got grilled chicken. Gabe got fried everything. <laughs>
The, the chicken thing sounds terrible. All right, Carla, if the Panthers played one home game each season at another location in the Carolinas, not Bank of America Stadium, where would you pick? It's probably a little big, but I'm going to go Williams-Brice Stadium just because it's an SEC stadium. It's an awesome one to, to have a game and a, maybe a night atmosphere in. And so, yeah, that'd be my pick. There you have it. That was quick six. Look alive, guys. Look alive. We're almost done. All right. How about this for a crown? Our U-12 USA baseball team is competing right now in the World Baseball and the Baseball World Cup. They opened up competition on Friday against New Zealand, whom they beat 43-1. Yes, that is a real score. The game was called after the fourth inning, and it smashed the previous record of runs scored, which was 29. So the boys also played today. They defeated Panama 6-3. A little better competition there. They get my crown tonight, but Will and Carla have a joint crown to hand out when we come back. Shout out to the Mets tonight. They are getting our crown because they proved you cannot buy championships. <laughs> Their owner, Steve Cohen, spent upwards of about $500 million with lux luxury taxes and salaries. And this team is now having a fire sale. They just traded uh, Max Scherzer to the Rangers among some other guys. So just love to see it. It's and it's the Mets. So, exactly. You know, nobody, does anybody like the Mets? Willie Pelagic. Yes. Well, That's right. There's not there's not a lot of better things than watching Mets fans get just get miserable and fear. They're always miserable too, right? All right, it's bedtime. Thanks for watching. <laughs> we'll go sleep on the field and see you again back tomorrow here night. night.